0: Hey, this is Billy Claudio. I'm the pastor of Oasis Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope you find freedom today through the gospel. Enjoy the message. Everybody, get my mic going. Welcome back, Billy. I've been, Don, and I were on a great missions trip last week to Mexico. I hope you got an opportunity to see some of the pictures uh, of the ministry that we had down there. It was really a pretty dynamic thing. We were with the Cybersons and They've been down there 20 years, but they started a church there 13 years ago. They've planted two other churches out, so we had basically all three churches came together for us to celebrate God's goodness through the ministry down there, and Don and I had a a really special time of ministry uh, to their church, and we're glad to be back and um, glad to see you guys. Summertime is upon us. School's out. Anybody happy the school's out? All the kids. Any parents unhappy the school's out? Uh, Life changes during the summertime, and uh, we're so glad that, guess what, Jesus is still moving in the summertime, amen, here in the heat of Arizona, and uh, I pray that uh, you have an opportunity to spend time with your family this summer, to go enjoy some relaxation and comfort, but taking Jesus along with you, and we're talking today about, this is a one-off service on Memorial Day, you know, Memorial, we, we celebrate the sacrifice of others, and in that sacrifice, there is, we know, suffering, right, people die, for our freedom, and they're suffering in that. People have suffered many different ways, and we're in a time this last week, obviously we had some tragedy take place in America again a couple weeks in a row. We had the shooting that happened down in Uvalde, Texas at that elementary school and uh, where these 19 children were killed, a couple adults were killed. A few weeks earlier we had the shooting in Buffalo where people were just killed indiscriminately, and we go, what in the world is going on? What is with all this evil and suffering that is happening? And many times as, as Christ followers, and if you're a Christ follower here today, a lot of Christians go, well, yeah, God, what's going on? Why are you letting this happen? And we don't have a good response or a good answer for those that question. And for some people, they use this idea, well, you know, this stuff's going on. You know, it just proves to you that there isn't a God or that there is a God that, that can't be trusted. And I just want to say that we want to take a, a, a moment as we look at the tragedies that are going on, as we look at the suffering that's going on in the world, and, and find out an answer of some sorts to, to, to the meaning behind suffering and evil. And, you know, there are critics of the faith that that make these statements that I think I I just want to share with you. Because the truth is, whether we've suffered and we hear all this suffering, every one of us have suffered pain and treachery in some way. We've gone through difficulties, betrayal. We've gone through sickness, disease, hurt. We've all experienced maybe divorce, discrimination. We've all experienced things in our lives that, that have a form of suffering that sometimes we go, why? Why is this happening to me? For those that are critics of the faith, the skeptics would say this. Oh, if God was good, God would destroy evil. Right? This is, why, would, why is suffering allowed? If God was good, he would destroy evil. They say an all-powerful God could destroy evil. Evil has not been destroyed, so therefore there cannot possibly be such a good and powerful God. Right? There's this mindset, this picture of God that we have in our minds. We want a, a fair God. How many of you say you want a fair God? Right there's a mindset that we have fair we just want him not to be fair for us we want him to forgive us of our sins but, but judge others of their sins, right? There's the mindset, and we're going to discover a little bit of the fallacy of the mindset about this, this all-good and all-powerful God that lets evil, evil exist as if God is doing nothing. I, I want you to know that when we be, really begin to get our arms wrapped around this thing called Christianity, we realize that the only real explanation for evil is found in the story of God and his interaction with man through the Christian story. Otherwise, evil is senseless. It doesn't make any sense. And and by the way, when you say evil, you you can only say evil if there is the counterpart to evil, which would be what? Good, right? And when we begin to say good and evil, there becomes a moral compass or a moral line that comes into play. And for all those that say, well, there can be no God because evil exists, well, the only reason that you feel something is good and something is evil is because inwardly in every one of us, there is this God-given moral compass. Otherwise, who determines what good is? Can we do it on ourselves and subjectively say, well, this is what I think is good, and you know, when we go about the theory of evolution and the mindset that good is the, the survival of the fittest, well, if a fit person knocks out an unfit person and just kills them, what's wrong with that? It's survival of the fittest. Why don't we praise and go, there's a winner, a champion, we don't do that, do we? We call it no. That's someone taking advantage of someone else. That is pure evil. Why is that resonate so much inside of us? It's a tell, as it were, that there's more. To, to, there's more to life than meets the eye. There's more to the context of who God is and the desire to reveal Himself to our lives than just what we see at times. We want easy answers and evil and suffering. There's no easy answer. And yet it is a reality in the world that there is evil and suffering happening every day. You know, in our American culture, we have stories that have taken place recently. But do you realize around the world, people are being tortured and and corruption is rampant and bad things are happening every day, starvation happening every day. Where is God, we say? Well, we're going to discover that sometimes the way that we think our own theology about God sometimes is Mixed up and messed up in our own minds. Things that we think and believe about God. Maybe your theology of God has been askewed of what you expected in life from God. I hope that today is going to give you some understandings. Invite you to have your faith held tightly to a hope in Jesus Christ. While at the same time understanding that that pain and suffering is just a reality. And a fact that we are called to to know and to, to unfortunately experience as well. In the midst of this faith we have in Christ. We have to dispel uh, dispel a great myth. We find it in our American culture at such a high level. We believe this. Good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to sinners. Right? That's the way we think it should work. Only good things should happen to good people. And how many of you would say, you're one of the good people? (laughs) Right? Good things should happen to good people. And and bad things ought to happen to sinners. That's the way it should work. That's our mindset. That's the concept. The myth that we believe and we've been maybe even taught, well, if you only do what God wants you to do, then he's going to give you ice cream every night. A good God is going to take care of all of his kids and let nothing happen to you that's evil. I want you to know that is not the story that we find in the scriptures. That is not the way Jesus applied himself when he communicated and talked with individuals in his day and age. That's not the expression of when he communicated. He communicated with this this struggle that goes on the struggle of of a good god and a loving god that still allows suffering and evil to exist it was the idea the, the context of it was was well aware by jesus and he didn't make pretense about it as a matter of fact to his disciples he said in this world you will have no trouble that's not what he said is it he said in this world you're going to have Some suffering is going to be here. Why? Because something happened to the world. Something happened to the universe that broke the context of God's original design. C.S. Lewis makes this statement. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. It is his megaphone to arouse a deaf world. You know, when pain happens, when suffering happens, everybody goes and they say this, where is God? And to you, it might be a bad thing that they're saying that, but I want you to know it's not a bad thing that people say, where is God? How many of you can recollect a time in your life where things weren't going very well? Many of you are in here today, Christ followers, because suffering came to your life and you were that person that was going your own way, doing your own thing. You ran into a brick wall really hard and you were crying out and somebody gave you an expression about a God that met you in the midst of your suffering and you're here today in your suffering knowing it led you to Jesus. Now, there are some of you here today that you were founded in faith, you you love Jesus, but suffering came, and you, different from the other person, are using this suffering and the excuse of your suffering to say, well, I can't trust God anymore. How can I put a hope and a faith in God that's not keeping an eye out for me? Because you have taken suffering as a sign that God isn't worthy of trust. Same story can happen in two different outlooks by people. One embraces God and comes and finds redemption. The other finds themselves far away from God, only to find out there are no good answers out there of why you're going through what you're going through. The only good answers will be found in heading back to the place where you were and embracing the truth of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of His Holy Spirit that can give you wisdom in the midst of the suffrage that maybe you're experiencing or when you're looking around the world and go, man, this world has gone crazy. So where does evil come from? Well, man creates the problem. Man's beginning sin against God in the Garden of Eden is where when sin entered into the world, evil came along with it. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve disregarded God, I'm not going to get into a lot of the scripture in that Matthew, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, it's God's interaction with man. And God says, I've got a perfect garden. I want you to abide. We're going to have fellowship together. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle. Just stay away from it. You're going to follow me. Things are going to go good. Adam and Eve obviously saw the tree in the middle, were enticed some to be around close by the tree. The serpent shows up and says, God's lying to you. He's not worthy of trusting. If you eat of this tree, you'll be just like God and you can live life on your own, on your own terms. Now, how do of you want to live life on your own, on your own terms? Right? This is Satan's lie to every one of us all the time, is the tree of the life of, the, of knowledge and evil, right? This idea of good and evil. He says, listen, don't you want to live life on your own terms? And when Adam and Eve believed the, the lie that God wasn't looking out for them, they embraced Satan's deception and sin, which simply means disregarding God and going my own way, entered in. And when sin entered in, death entered in, and every part of suffering and evil that you know began on that day. When man disregarded God. And every time man disregards God, sin, we call it sin in our Christian faith. When you disregard God, when you don't do what God asks you to do, it's a sin. Pain and suffering. Now, how many of you know the consequence of pain and suffering by your own decisions? Right? You can say, I did this. And I got that. You know that, the mindset. We, we're no strangers to our own sin when we do things that we shouldn't, whether it's against the Lord alone or other people. There's consequence that comes to it, and we feel the pain, the suffering, the sorrow in our souls, maybe in our relationships, maybe in our bodies, as we disregarded how we should take care of them, and the, the, the da- dilapidation that's come to our bodies. But more importantly for us, as we begin to look at the global perspective, and this is important for us to understand, there is a global reality to sin and suffering. There's a global picture of sin that entered in, not just personal sin, but the sin of the world, the mindset that the world became broken. When man disregarded God, God cursed man, and God cursed the earth at the same time and said, things aren't going to be like they used to be. And when sin entered in, destruction and hell came with it. You know, the reason why there's such natural disasters in the world today is because the world is wreaking the, the, the corruption of sin upon itself. Humanity is reaping their corruption. We see what's going on around the globe today with the wars and, 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 and all these things that are happening. It's a result of what? Sin, global sin. that is causing disruption, destruction. You know, as I, 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 I'm going to hit this just a second, but you know, as I was thinking about the situation that happened You know, this last week, what would possess an 18-year-old man to go into a school and kill children? What would would possess, I mean, what personally would possess someone to do that? And, and, you know, just making that statement, I, I go, I know what would possess a young man of 18 years old to go. It would be demonic influence over his life. Why is there demonic influence in the world today? Because man has opened themselves up to all kinds of corruptness in life. The only thing that would drive someone to go and do something like that is demonic influence at the highest of levels that disregard life, that disregard anything acceptable. But why is it possible? Because sin has entered into the world. And every one of us, individually and personally, have to deal with sin. How many of you know when we look at this person that did that, we go, how terrible is that guy? We easily can look and see the corruption and the error and go, that guy is sinful, and many times we do it at the disregard of taking a look at our own lives and saying, wow, the things that are happening around my life are, are the consequence of my own choices, the consequences of my own decisions, the consequences that of influence toward me are creating a, a disruption in my own world, and it's easier to point at something so tragic and go, that's the problem, instead of saying no. The problem doesn't lie somewhere else. The problem lies within me. That God wants to answer. And you know, this is why Jesus came. To deal not with trouble in the world. He came to deal with one thing. He came to deal with the sin problem in the world that couldn't be taken care of by man himself. The sin that separated us from God and led us ultimately to the place of eternal damnation or death from God there is a cause and effect between sin and suffering you know when God is removed sin lives the truth is evil is simply the absence of God God is not engaged and involved you know there was a professor I I read this uh this article is it sit there on my front page Did I have it there maybe I have it here hold on one second if it's not here I want you to get it because I want to read it Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, I go look at my desk, see if it's there. I, I, have, I have a, a little, uh, maybe it's in the back, maybe you guys have it back there in my other notes that I had. Um, <laughs> I want to read it to you because it's so well written. It's the, a, prof, a guy goes in to uh, connect with a professor. I'll wait just a second. Hey, you guys online, how are you doing? It's a great time to take a moment. Um, I might be in the bottom of your notes down there if you don't have it. If it's on my, just go print, print it off my, if it's, if it's not there, I want to read it, yeah. It's, it's significant enough for me, I want to read it. When God is removed, right, the absence of God gives opportunity for, for sin. Um, it just goes right to my note I want to read, so I, I, I'll just wait a second. <laughs> you guys think this job is easy, don't you, all the time. Where evil exists, God is not in charge. In our own lives, you got it from me? You guys are so good. Jeff, wow, what a star. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, A university professor at a well-known institution of higher learning challenged his students with this question. Did God create everything that exists? A student bravely replied, yes, he did. God created everything, the professor asked. Yes, sir, he certainly did. The student replied. The professor answered, if God created everything, then God created evil. And since evil exists, and according to the principle that our work define who we are, then we can assume God is evil. The student became quiet and did not answer the professor's hypothetical definition. The professor, quietly quiet, pleased with himself, quite pleased with himself, boasted to the students that he had proven once more that the Christian faith was a myth. Another student raised his hand and said, May I ask you a question, professor? Of course, replied the professor. The student stood up and asked, Professor, does cold exist? What kind of question is that? Of course it exists. Have you been have you never been cold? The other student snickered at the young man's question. The young man replied, In fact, sir, cold does not exist. According to the laws of physics, what we consider cold is, in reality, the absence of heat. Everybody or object is susceptible to study when it has or transmits energy. And heat is what makes a body or matter have or transmit energy. Absolute zero, minus 460 degrees Fahrenheit, is the total absence of heat. And all matter becomes inert and incapable of reaction at that temperature... Cold does not exist. We have created the word to describe how we feel when there is no heat. The student continued, Professor, does darkness exist? The professor responded, Of course it does. The student replied once again, You are wrong, sir. Darkness does not exist either. Darkness is in reality the absence of light. Light we can study, but not darkness. In fact, we can use Newton's prism to break white light into many colors and study the various wavelengths of each color. You, You cannot measure darkness. A simple ray of light can break into a world of darkness and illuminate it. How can you know how dark a certain place is? You measure measure the amount of light present. Isn't that correct? Darkness is a term used by by man to describe what happens when there is no light present. Finally, the young man asked the professor, Sir, does evil exist? Now uncertain, the professor responded, of course, I have already said that. We see it every day. It's on the daily examples of man's inhumanity to demand. It is the multitude of crime and violence everywhere in the world. These manifestations are nothing else but evil. To this, the student replied, evil does not exist, sir, or at least it doesn't exist unto itself. Evil is simply the absence of God. It is just like darkness and cold. A word that man has created to describe the absence of God. God did not create evil. Evil is the result of what happens when man does not have God's love present in his heart. It is like the cold that comes when there is no heat and the darkness that comes when there is no light. I love that description. You know, we look and go, why is the world so crazy? Why is the world so messed up? Why? Why? Oh, why? And we can say because God is absent everywhere. A present God, absent in the hearts of people everywhere. In the modality of living because of the absence of God, we want to define and understand evil. And I say evil only is allowed to exist because man continues day in and day out to reject the creator of the universe as their Lord and as their Savior and as their God. And the consequence is continued suffering and degradation of humanity around the earth. Sin was the problem. You know, Jesus, I said, assumed the world view. He said, listen, sin is the problem that's hurt everyone. And how did Jesus deal with the sin problem? He he, he basically came in and said, I've got authority over the biggest problem of your life. I've got authority over the things that causes you the greatest problem. If you remember in John 9, we went through John this past year. Jesus went along and he he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Notice what they say, right? We want to know why this guy is blind, because good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to sinners. So what did this guy do to deserve to be blind? What did his parents do? They were like, hey, this is how it works, right? It's kind of our own issues that make our our problems happen. And Jesus says, no, it's not a singular sin issue. It's It's a global sin issue. It's not just the sin of the one, it's the sin of the many that has created all the trouble and difficulty, the, the sicknesses, the disease, the corruption, the wars, the, 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 the betrayals that happen in life, the, all the corrupt things that we know. There's a global thing at work, not just an individu- individual. How many of you know we've got individual problems? But there's more to it than just our individual issues that are going on. There's a global brokenness in the world that requires the light of Christ to shine in the heart of believers to have impact at such a high level. They asked, this is the disciples that were asking Jesus, hey, you know, what's his problem? What's his parents' problem? They they didn't keep the global perspective in in, in sight, and Jesus said this in verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened that the works of God might be displayed in him. What is he saying? He said, it wasn't his parents. It had nothing to do with them. It's the larger story of what's going on. But I want you to know that in the larger story, I have the authority to change the story. You know, everyone that's a believer here today, you've had God change your story. You've had the destruction and power of sin that dominated and controlled. The power of that sin has been broken. The curse has been broken off your life that has been lifted. And Jesus makes the statement in this passage, I'm about to, I'm about to bring light into the darkness. I'm about to, where, where evil existed, I'm coming in. He says in verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one will work. While I am in the world, I am the light of of the world. He's saying, Listen, I, I'm here to bring ministry to you and your life and what you're going through. Now, I, I, I asked Don to send me something. Just, you know, suffering happens multiple ways. And I'm breaking it down. I'm giving you two pictures your personal picture and the, and the global picture. I want to give you five ways that, 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 that suffering comes or five ways that we go through hardships in life. The first is our own problems, we create them. Amen from anybody. Right? We all have done it. We've all done things that we go, this is my fault. The second is other people's sins, other people's problems that have created problems for us, these, these difficulties within our lives, these challenges that come to us. The, th- the third way that challenges come is just the, the world, this broken world as it is. You know, when it rains on someone's uh, um, birthday party, it's also raining on a farmer's crops. Right? We go and we take it personal. We're like, oh, this is, oh, God, it did or a hurricane comes through, and we say, well, you know, this is, this is terrible that God would let this happen. And it's just a, the realm of this broken world of destruction and hurricanes and all the bad things that happen within our earth in this sin wrought earth, this global perspective. The fourth is sometimes God disciplines those that he loves. Sometimes God allows suffering and challenge and difficulty to come to our lives. Sometimes it just happens. And the fifth is demonic influence. I shared that earlier. I believe what happened last week in in Texas is Satan got a hold of a young guy that was open. Open. It's good for you to understand those things. So when you take a look at the suffering that you're in, you can answer yourself the question: Well, which one is this one? Is this just me and my stupidness? Is this somebody else's stupidness that I gotta bring forgiveness and grace and peace to? Is this God disciplining in my, my life? Is this just what everyone's gonna deal with? This is I can't I can't blame God or anything. This is just life that's happening, or is, is Satan involved at a high level causing destruction within my life? Here's what we know in every one of those situations, that Jesus is the light of the world giving us the answers that we need. There's another story that Jesus takes it a step further dealing with this thing called sin. And again, I want to connect this. Sin leads to evil. Sin is the opening of saying, I don't want to do it God's way, I want to do it my way. It leads to all kinds of evil. And again, there's a global perspective, but Jesus deals with sin in Mark chapter 2. There's a guy that is being carried by four friends and they love their friend and they're helping their friend and they go to a house and it's filled with people they can't get their friend in so they go to the roof of the, of the house, they strip open the roof and they lower their friend down. How many of you would like to have friends like that? Dude, we're going to get you help no matter what it takes. That's why we tell, tell you go to small groups. Why? Because there's friends like that in small groups. People that'll fight for you, live with you, that'll cry with you, that'll die with you. We need each other. We need to have friends like that in our life in the kingdom of God. When his friends lowered him down uh, to to, to receive a miracle from Jesus. Mark 2, 5 says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, what does he say? Your sins are forgiven. He, he deals directly with the problem, like the reason why this guy's a paralytic, right? And he could have fallen off a, a, on his bike. We don't know what the situation that happened, but ultimately Jesus said, the issue that's making this, this pain and this suffering happen in this individual's lives, and we can take that all the way up, sin that happens in the lives of people is the problem. And Jesus says, your, sons, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why did this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? What was Jesus equating himself to? He says, listen, I'm, I'm come God in the flesh to deal with the problem that man can't deal with. I've come to deal with the sin problem. I've come to deal with what is wrong with the world. I know we get our... Politics in mind and our social justice issues. And listen, there's things we need to be involved with. If we can fix something and can do something, we should do it and we should be a part of it. But the greatest issue in the world is a sin issue. And Jesus is dealing with that straight up in this passage. In verse number 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. What did Jesus do? Broke the power of that sin off his life. The suffering that came that was associated with that sin. Verse 12, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. All This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I want you to know that. God wants to deal with us individually first in this measure of dealing with our hearts and with our lives. He he wants freedom and blessing to come upon us. You know, Paul follows up with this same context. You know, when when Jesus came to address this global uh, problem of sin, Paul basically put it into terms that, uh, uh, that we can understand. In Romans 5, 12, he said this, Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, who is that one man? Adam, Adam was the one man that began the, the birth of sin and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. This is the problem of, of sin in the world and, and the ramifications of that sin, which is suffering and brokenness and all those that are around us. Sin and suffering, something that we wish we could push away. But I want you to know that there is a way for every one of us to become free from that condemnation of sin. Romans five seventeen reminds us as believers, just a few verses down from verse 12, he says, For it is by the trespass of one man that death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ? He's saying, "Like death and sin have had their charge, but when we come into Jesus Christ, something new begins to take charge within our life." And that term, grace, is kind of a perseverance. You know, we want a grace to be away, but I want you to know that God wants you to give you a grace to manage in the midst of trouble. In the midst of the suffering that happens in our lives and that as Paul wrote in Romans 80, we begin to see things different. He says, I know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and and walk according to his purpose. We realize that when difficulty and challenges happen, we don't go, God, where are you? We go, God, I know you're in the midst of my life. I have a hope in you while I manage suffering. Some of you are in the middle of some pain and suffering right now. You're going through a deep and dark challenge, and you're going, God, where are you? I want you to know that God is here with you. And you can have your struggle and your challenge and your difficulty that you're, you're dealing with. At the same time, you can hold to the hope of Jesus Christ and faith in His grace and benevolence towards you. And have the answer that you need for your own soul. You know, Jesus Christ came, and this is one of the things about Christianity, again, from an apologetic standpoint. The reason why Christianity makes so much sense is that Jesus just didn't come and, and as a God tell us, you know, deal with it. He came down and became one of us to experience life. He came in the form of a man so that he could carry the burden of, of the challenge of what we would deal with and the things that we would feel. Some of you are feeling things right now. I want you to know that Jesus came in the flesh so that he could identify with you. You say, well, how can God know? Because he chose to come in the form of a, of a human being to experience the, the suffering and the, the challenge of what it means to live on the earth. Philippians 2 says this, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus didn't come as God to say, I can do whatever I want. He said, I'm going to set down my Godhood to come and live as a man. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Jesus came to suffer ultimately came to suffer and pay the penalty of what sin costs, which is death. This is the story of Christianity, is that you should die for your sins, but Jesus took your place and died for you. A perfectly righteous man who died for sinners so that we could be saved by His grace. But as important, I want you to know that not only did He save you by grace, He suffered so that you could have someone, when you go to Him and say, God, I'm going through a difficult time, Jesus can say, I know what you're feeling. I know about your suffering. I know about your pain. I know about the consequence of sin and how it feels in life. And I want you to know I'm here with you and you can have hope. Hebrews 4 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. And it's speaking about Jesus. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us approach the God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. I want you to know that in your time of need, you might be feeling the repercussions of sin. Maybe it's something you've done. Maybe it's something someone else has done. Maybe the world is raining on your party. Maybe God's doing some work in your life and you're going. You don't want to embrace it as God's work. You want to say, this is the devil, and God's saying, no, I'm trying to get a hold of you and do something in your life. Or maybe Satan's at work. Whatever the cause may be of your suffering, I want you to know that God is saying, I am here with you to bring redemption to your life and a hope that you can hold to, that you can have confidence in, that whether you you find that redemption completely in your body, and I just want you to know, I don't know if you know this, but of the ten apostles that followed Jesus, it was 12 of them, uh, 10 of them that followed Jesus. 10 of them died martyrs' death where they were persecuted and killed for following Jesus. I don't know, but that seems like the ultimate suffering to me. But they knew that it didn't matter, this temporal thing. Their, their eyes were fixed on a, a bigger picture, a story of eternity that said, yeah, if I have to endure, if I have to struggle, if I have to suffer a little bit on the earth, I'm not going to say, God, forget about you. Where are you? I'm going to go, God. I embrace the reality that sin... And its effect are at work at the same time that your grace, your peace, and your mercy are at work. That They're hand in hand. They go together. It's not one or the other. They walk down the same path together until the end of time when we get to go to heaven and be with Jesus. That tension is going to be in play. And for us as believers, we have to be allow- allowing ourselves to shine the light of Jesus in this broken world. So when people say why, we can say, you know, this isn't an easy answer, but it's the only answer that makes sense. We are all lost and separated from God, and we need Jesus. You know, there's this tragedy that happened in Jesus' time. And as I close with this scripture, some guys were like, something terrible happened, Jesus. What do you think, what, what do you think about it? It's found in Luke chapter 13. John the Baptist had been killed. It said, about this time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee. And as they were offering, sac- as they were offering sacrifices to the temple. So people, Pilate kills these people that are doing honorable things. Verse 2 says, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Right? Sin. They're, they're good people. They, they must have done something wrong. This is what Jesus says. Not at all. All you will perish, too, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? What is Jesus saying? Listen, you you talk about these guys that were killed in the temple. How about when the temple fell and just randomly fell on everyone? Were they somehow the worst people in the world? He says, your perspective is wrong. Your action is wrong. You want to try to define and figure out what's going on with everyone else. Well, the only way you can change the world as you know it is by changing yourself to do what Jesus is compelling them to do. Again, he says this in the verse 5. No, were they worse off? He says, no, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. Suffering is a result of sin both personal and global. And as much as we want to change the story, there's no time in the near future that we're going to change the power and corruption that sin is wreaking around the world. But it can begin by a change in ourselves to become the best version, the best version of who God wants us to be. Of saying, you know what? I can't stop the sin over there, and I can't stop the sin over there, but I can stop it here. I can become the person that God wants me to be. I can live the way that God wants me to live. I can impact people with His grace and His love and His mercy and His kindness and compassion the way God wants me to be. I can live by the Spirit so that sin won't dominate in my life and the suffering and pain that comes with it. I'll be able to be the light that Jesus Christ offers me to be. I know that maybe you want to more fuller expression or understanding of suffering and sin. This is what we find biblically, the story of God who comes in the form of man to suffer for us so we can be set free from sin. And maybe you're here today and you need to be set free from sin. Maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know the consequence of that is death. And I just don't mean physical death. I mean separated from God. But also the consequence of that is continual steeping ourselves in things that will cause pain and suffering in our lives and the lives of other people and you have an opportunity to let that stop with you let the story of pain and suffering that maybe has happened through you in the past stop in you and it's a reminder for every christian you can stop it it's time for us to together to say i want to i want to be a representation of jesus christ to the world around me and jesus has provided a way Through his blood on a cross with forgiveness of sins. That gives me a hope to hold on to. Even if I suffer. He's saying, Billy, wish you wishing suffering? I go, no, I want you to be blessed. I want you to walk in the blessing of God. Here's what I know. The more good choices you make, the more righteous things that you do, the better seeds that you're sowing to a better tomorrow. Uh, we find that people that continually and perpetually do the right things, their life is better. And whether it's in America or Africa or wherever, our lives just are better because we find that when we do the right things, God blesses us. It doesn't mean that we're not going to experience suffering. And this is where many of us go, God, I did good this week. I expect to get a pay raise. God, I did good this week. I expect my my spouse to be better. I did good this week. I expect this and I expect that. And I expect, and we have this mindset that good people deserve good things and bad people deserve bad things. And so when it doesn't go our way, we question God. And God says, Don't be so petty. The world is broken. And every time you get something good, raise your hands and praise me. and Go, thank you, God, for your goodness and your blessing in my life. I receive it with joy. And every time something bad happens, say, God, I give you this situation. Thank you that you give me the strength to endure and manifest your glory in my life in the midst of this suffering so I can express all that you mean to me in the midst of my challenge. But either way, our hands go up and we commit ourselves to God. If you need to give your life to Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me now? It's a prayer of commitment to his lordship, to his friendship, to his love. You'll be forgiven of your sins. Would you pray this prayer with me now? And we're going to join together with you as a congregation to celebrate new life in Jesus. Say, God, thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus to die for my sins so that I could be saved. Today I give you my life. I want to follow you with all that I am. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in the path of truth. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. I love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close today, I just want to do a general prayer for the families in Texas that are going through such difficult time and um, you know, the tragedy of losing young lives is always difficult for all of us but we just want to pray for them as a church um, this morning And let's, as we say God let me be a better version of me let me live out the gift of righteousness and peace that you've offered to me let's pray for those that are suffering today that they would find comfort in the midst of this sorrow and they would, people would find God in the midst of this tragedy because people are asking the questions about God today where is he? What is he doing? And we have an opportunity to tell him where he is and what he's doing. Father, we pray right now for, Lord, the tragedy of this past week and, Lord, really the last few tragedies that have happened, the families that are hurting, that are broken, that are sad, that are sorrowful, that are in suffering. I pray that your grace and your peace would be extended to them and, Lord, comfort would come and in the midst of a confused mind and just a lack of understanding of why and how and all the questions that people are asking, Lord, I pray that you and your grace and by your spirit would, would find people hope that through this deep, deep devastation that out of it would come a wellspring of life that would change destinies of people's lives. And even in this loss, Lord, that something good would come out of it that would be worthy of celebration, that we would see your handiwork in the lives of the people that are remaining and those that are in sorrow to discover your goodness and your love. And Lord, I pray that you would help us make a difference in our own circles today as we live for you. We give you thanks for this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hey, appreciate you guys online. I want to encourage you guys to reach out. If you need prayer of any kind, We're going to give you an opportunity to come up. Our prayer ministry leaders will be up here to pray for the needs of anybody in our church. We believe that God answers prayer, whether it's healing for your body or just difficulty going through. Please come and let us pray for you. May God bless you on this Memorial Day. Keep in mind those that have suffered as you celebrate. Just keep that thought in mind as you go. Don't forget there's tacos outside. Support the youth. If you're not going to eat a taco, throw a dollar or two in that thing as you go out to support them anyway. May God bless you as you go. If you're a first time guest, we would love to have an opportunity to connect with you and give you a free gift for joining us today. Or if this isn't your first time, but you're ready to get connected, go ahead and send me an email and let me know how we can best serve you. We have life groups, both live and virtual, classes and resources to help you live your life in complete freedom. And you know what, if you're ready for the full on-campus experience, you can reach out to us via email as well, and we will get you connected with an opportunity to check us out and meet our church. Thank you so much for watching and have a blessed week. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope God moved in your heart today. And if you're in the Scottsdale area, I'd love for you to come and visit our campus on one of our Sunday services. You can find details to our service times on our website. I also want to thank our faithful givers. By giving towards our podcast, you're able to help us reach people from all over the world for Christ and fulfill the mission of Oasis, which is to love God, love life, and love people. God bless.